0: He died for you, he died for me From our sin he set us free He loved to save his life he gave So if we ask we can Hello, I'm Rick Hurtless, founder of His Gospel Power. Thank you for joining with us on today's program. We are looking into the last days, and we're looking into First Peter right now. First Peter, chapter four. We're on verse nine. We've already discovered on verse seven. If you didn't know it already, the end of all things is near. And of course, that was two thousand years ago that Peter was writing. The end of all things is near. How much closer today? Now, even if it's two thousand more years. It's still closer, okay, but it's not going to be. I, the the Bible, the in Matthew twenty four, I think makes it clear that we will know the season, we will know the hour, and um, uh, we, I think we see it. We know what season that we're in right now. We are in the season of the last days with all that is happening right now, with the prophecies, with all that is happening that we are seeing right now. We are in the season of the last day. So get prepared. You are to get prepared. This ministry and others like it are to make sure that you get prepared. Yes, we probably say some things on this on this ministry on this broadcast you don't want to hear. We're saying something you're a member of something that you want to be a member of, and now we have we have uh, uh, we've challenged that. Maybe a a special day like Halloween or something that you like. We have challenged that, but it's not it's not up to me to be concerned with the fact that I'm challenging you. It's up for you to be concerned if I'm right or not. And I believe you, know, you, must, you must delve in, you must pray to God, have Him speak to you about whether I am right about what I am saying or not. It's up to me to speak the truth to you in love and allow you to search it out for yourself and decide what God wants you to know for your life by what is being said from His Word. We are in verse 9, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. You know, we offer hospitality all the time, but what do you do? Do you grumble and complain about having to do that? Or do you do it in the spirit of love? Maybe you buy a hamburger for the homeless guy, but you gripe and complain because he doesn't have a job. Well, you don't have any clue what his circumstance is. Uh, I am not one who likes to give money to homeless people. I don't believe I should do that. But I do, on occasion, buy them hamburgers or food or something to that effect. And then, of course, uh then what they do with that, because, I mean, I've actually had them where they said they don't want it. Really, all they wanted was the money. They wanted to go buy beer or cigarettes or whatever. Well, sorry, then I eat the hamburger. <laughs> you know, it's a matter of what they decide to do. With that. And now, that being said, on occasion, it's been very, very few occasions, and I have to feel like God really wants me to do that. On occasion, I have given a little bit of money to a, a, a homeless person. In fact, I think it's only been on two occasions, so I can just go ahead and point that out. Two occasions where I've actually given cash to someone. But at that point, I say, God, this is in, and in fact, I've even told those people, I'm giving you this cash. In the name of Jesus. Now what you do with it. Is going to be between you and God. Because I'm being released from this. Because I can't go to get you a hamburger. There's not a restaurant around. Or whatever. That I can go do this. So I'm going to do this. Now if you decide to go. And I've actually told him this. If you decide to go get cigarettes. Or beer with this. Then it will be on your head. It will not be on mine. I'm giving this to you. in, In good spirit. And in good faith. You say that you're hungry. This will buy you food. And so here you are. And I've done that on two occasions. I always make it plain like that. That look, I'm doing this. That uh, it's going to be up to you. It's not up to me what you do with the money. I'm giving it out of the spirit of love from Christ. And so God tells us that we should offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. So if somebody comes to you and asks to eat with you, that's hospitality. Somebody comes to you and you know they're, or for that matter, someone comes to you and it's a a friend and it's getting near supper time. Well, do you kick them out so you can eat or do you invite them to eat with you? No matter how little you might have, maybe you're rich and haven't gone to the grocery store. You should still, you know what? Maybe you're poor and don't have very much to offer them. It's the same thing. Both should give what they have, whether you're rich or poor or whether they're rich or poor, for that matter. And God's blessing is what you should expect. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Brother Ron Stortle is in the studio with us. And uh, as we continue talking about the end of all things is near, it's very strange in one way what Peter writes to go with the end of all things is near. He says, after the end of all things is near, above all love each other. And then then he says, offer hospitality. What does that have to do with the end is near? What's any of that got to do with the end is near?
1: Well, if we look back at other scriptures that we've studied, in the end times, people are going to be suffering. So as Christians, we need to be prepared to offer hospitality to those that are suffering also. Now, of course... We can't let them take advantage of us or our situation. But I think it sets um, a mindset of when bad times come, you need to be prepared that when you offer hospitality, you may have to suffer a little bit because you're giving of your personal stores. Say we have a natural disaster and you have enough food for you and your family. But you decide to give hospitality... To someone else that's suffering. Well, obviously, you're going to have to take it from somebody. So whether your family decides to all of you cut your portions or just one of you, a normal person would grumble at that point because you're having to sacrifice of yourself. So this is setting a mindset for the end days that as people are suffering, we should be willing to give to a point. But... Don't do it with grumbling because that sends the wrong message to the unbeliever or another believer because you're grumbling when you're giving it to them. That's not true love in giving. In the old days, hospitality was the most important thing you could give to
0: someone. And the reason, see, we've let the word hospitality go. It doesn't really mean much. It means being a good host or having a good party or whatever. That's not hospitality at all. In in the old days, hospitality could have meant life or death. You're you're letting someone in who may not have eaten for days or may not have been able to get to water or, or anything. Now, I understand still, even in the Middle East, right now, hospitality is still looked. If you turn someone away in need... Even the Muslims do this. If you turn someone away in need, then you are, that is, that's a mortal sin to them. That you are, you are really committing a, a huge sin because they are in need and they come to you and you are to give them hospitality. Now that seems strange to me because they may cut your head off as soon as they find out you're a Christian. I don't know how that part works, but I do know in the old days, in the days of the Bible, especially when it talked about hospitality, that was what it was, and now what Brother Ron is alluding to is we may still come into those days to where even a natural disaster or maybe a uh, an invasion or whatever happens in the days to come, it could be where someone is passing through, and you don't have very much food. And remember, that's what Jesus said, and he gave thanks, and he broke it, and then he passed the bread out, and the bread was supernaturally given to each one, and there was enough. That is what God is expecting of us to do, to trust him in all that we do. In these last days, trust God, break the bread, and invite them to come happily, not with grumbling and complaining, but invite people to come and enjoy your supper with you. And as you break the bread and you
1: bless it, and then watch what God does with that blessing. And here we go about putting God Back in a box or the size of the box you have him in. If you are trusting God in that situation that he's going to replenish your stores because you were willing to give, then he will. If you're not trusting God and you're trusting what you have and you're hoarding that and you're not willing, then you're putting God in the box of what you have. If you allow God to be outside of the box, or not have him in a box at all, then you allow him to replenish what you need as you're willing to give. So remember that. Are you relying on your abilities of what you can store, what you can keep, how you can ration it out? Or will you allow God to be the one to work through you to bless other people, And then you allow him to replenish what you've given away. Exactly. Are you are you
0: trusting God or are you trusting man? Are you trusting the storage that you have stored up for emergency, or are you freely giving as God has told you to do, and then trusting Him to replenish? That goes with hospitality. That goes with your bank account. I mean, that goes even today. That would go with your bank account. Do you trust God if you if you've got someone you've got ten dollars left? That's all you got. Ten dollars. And you're going to go get yourself a hamburger. Chances are, if you're like me, you can do without a hamburger. It's no big deal. You see someone on the, well, maybe not Ron, yeah, because he's a lot skinnier than me. But, um, so you're, you're getting ready to go get you a hamburger. You see someone who really does need that. They ask you for the, if, the, if you can help them. Are you going to help them or are you going to go get you a hamburger? Which one are you going to do? According to the word, you give them the, you take the, or actually, according to what I do, I don't, uh, I never would. Uh, I, I don't, told you already, I don't like to just give money. So I take them in there and I buy them a hamburger. You know what? I can go without a hamburger. You know what? God may bless that and say, you know what? We decided to give you, or maybe it's two for one day and you go and you didn't even know it. Some way or another, you will be blessed for trusting God instead of trusting yourself. That's what the faith walk is about. It's about trusting God. Well, Scripture
1: says God will sustain you. So if you use what you were going to use for yourself in a ministry aspect, God already said that he'll sustain you to the point where you're able to do what you were going to do again. Now, it goes back to what box are you going to put God in? Are you going to trust him to sustain you to the next point and and you give what you have or are you going to trust him only to sustain you to a certain point if you say god this is in your hands and then you continue on i've been at that point where i have trusted god to sustain me like you were talking about and i've forgotten that i was hungry and then hours later it comes back to me and i go i didn't eat but then i wasn't hungry so it's all in how you trust God and let him
0: work through you. Last year, I went on a 23-day fast. And, um, I mean, that sounds like a lot. It is, I guess. It's a, lo- it's a lot. Uh, but I went on a 23-day fast and for this country. You know, that was the easiest fast I've ever been on in my life. It was amazing that I didn't even realize as the days went by, the longest fast I've ever done is three days. It was not a total fast. It was a like a Daniel fast where I did... You know, I didn't eat any uh, choice meats or anything. And and really, actually, the fast was I ate breakfast. That was my fast. I'm going to eat breakfast, Lord, and that's all. Every day I'm going to eat breakfast. Well, just kind of almost as a test of that, now when I eat breakfast, I still get hungry about three or four in the afternoon. But during that fast, I did not get hunger pains at all, and not even the next morning. Sometimes I'd eat the next morning. I'd be like, you know, I don't even necessarily need to eat today. But I went ahead and stuck with my fast that I had declared I was going to do. Only breakfast and water is all I did. Uh And that was the easiest fast I've ever been able to do in my life. Why? Because it was supernaturally imposed. It was trusting God, telling him this is what I'm going to do. And I did it. And I stuck with it. Uh Well, I mean, actually, I don't remember what happened. There was something that happened that stopped it on the 18th day. Still. Uh, on the so I had to miss it one day and then I finished the the fast you know the other three days or whatever. Still, all of that time, I was not hungry at all. And and now, I still I can eat breakfast thinking, well, I, I guess maybe I can just eat breakfast. Oh, well, no, because <laughs> now when it gets supper time, I'm hungry. And so that was just a supernatural thing that God was doing in my life, so that I might uh, uh, fulfill the promise that I gave
1: to Him. I trusted him, and and he and he honored that trust. Well, I think when it comes to a fast, and and you pretty much said it, you had a purpose for the fast. If you were just trying to say, well, it worked, then I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna do it
0: now to lose weight.
1: Well, <laughs> or, or if somebody just said, well, I'm just gonna do it to save money because now I can right. just survive. Yeah, that, it's, it's not different. The, right, it's not the it's not the same purpose. If your purpose is during the times that you would be eating seeking god praying reading the bible yeah he's going to honor that if your purpose is just to save money or to lose weight it's not a bad thing but god's not going to honor it in the same way you you you're, you're, you're going to get if you're doing it just to save money god's going to say no that's that's not the purpose you're going to get hungry again if you're doing it for the purpose of honoring him and praising him and reading his word he's going to honor that so you have to You have to focus on what is your purpose. I always had the joke. I said, the two biggest wastes of time in life are eating and sleeping. If I didn't have to do those two, imagine how much more I could get accomplished. Well, it's almost biblical where during a fast, what, what are the things that you might, you, most people give up eating and when you're not sleeping, that's probably because you're studying the Word.
0: Right, and that's the, what the, that's what you're supposed to be doing during the fast. You're supposed to pray and study the Word.
1: Right, and those are the two biggest things that are requirements for the human body to survive. So when we don't use those two items, it's a bigger testimony to what God has the power to do over our bodies because it's contrary to science. And that's the biggest way for God to prove himself. We talked a couple of days ago about how the, the most, the smartest supposed scientists in the world just disproved the Big Bang theory when they were trying to prove it. It shows that God is smarter than science to the point that even unbelievers have to acknowledge that only, go- that God is the only power that could have created this universe, that their theory of the Big Bang just got disproven. So the only thing that is left is God. Well, it's the same thing with a fast. If you are contradicting science, trusting in God, then that just proves his power that much more. Exactly. Now let's continue on with verse 10. Each one should use
0: whatever gift he has received to serve others. You've received a gift. Do you use your gift? Faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Do you use your gifts when you look this this word up in the Greek? it's charisma, and really it just means it's a gift of divine grace, a gift of faith, knowledge, holiness, virtue. that is the kind of gift that he's talking about here. It's the gift of actually of what he's already talking about of the grace of God of the love and of the hospitality. Use your own gift, a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own. So the gift that you should be using, that's what hospitality is about. Hospitality in the old days, especially was not about, uh, you know, these days our hospitality is, well, you come over and you can eat with us and then we'll come over to your house sometime and eat. Hospitality in those days, you may never see the person again. You're, you're inviting them into your house and you're giving of what you have a free gift and you may never see that person again, but God told us to do it anyway. That is the way that we are to live. That is the way that we should be living is that we give that hospitality. We give that love out freely. And it's the, it's the love of God. It says faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. So that is the grace of God is when you're helping someone in hospitality, that is absolutely Showing them the grace of God. If anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. So as you speak, as you do all of these things, do you, do you get this? We are, I'm going to start back again in this seventh verse. The end of all things is near. What Peter is telling you is, look, the end is near. So this is what you do during those times. So this is what you, this is your instruction. The end is near and this is what you do. Above all, you love each other. Because you love each other, do hospitality, faithfully administering God's grace. What does that mean? Give the gospel. That's really what that means. You're giving God's grace by spreading the gospel. If anyone speaks, he should do it as speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. So in all things that we do right now, in these last days, we are to do it for the glory of God. Now, that's the way it should have been for 2,000 years. And many times it has not been. But now, you see the day approaching. As you see the day approaching, then you should give God's grace all the more. That you should give hospitality all the more. Above all, love each other. Overlook those little, little tawdry details that mean nothing. So what if you don't like the way the guy wears his shoes? Or, or, or the colors that somebody wears? Or, or whatever it is, those little details that mean nothing.
1: We are to love each other above all. I've heard this this example before, and I don't want to make light of it, but it is kind of a, a funny little joke that makes sense in this. You can be hospitable, but still make yourself happy in it. Like you just said, you don't like their shoes, you don't like their shirt. Well, if you know somebody needs those things, then buy them it, but... Something that you like, also. So, if you if you don't like their shoes, buy them a pair of shoes that you think look good. They're not going to know that you bought them the shoes because you didn't like their shoes. You gave them the shoes. It made them happy. It made you happy. Why not? It it doesn't hurt anything at that point if if it's a true need that they have. Now, don't buy them something that's perfectly fine and then say, "See, I I like these better on you. Those look better." But there's nothing wrong with giving somebody something that they need. But maybe that you might like also. You don't have to suffer when you give to somebody. I've, I've done that before. Like, I, I took this, uh, I was driving down the road and I saw this lady and her two daughters on the side of the road, and you could tell they, they were in need. So I stopped and I asked them, I said, Are you hungry? Would you like to go get something to eat? Well, there were several restaurants there. I took them to the restaurant that I liked because I needed to eat too. I don't know if they liked it. I didn't really ask them which restaurant. It was a blessing to them, but it was something that I needed also. They might not have liked that restaurant, but they still ate it. But it was one of those that's, you can still make yourself happy when you give to people and also be a blessing to them. So you don't always have to suffer when you're giving a blessing. You can help yourself out too, and it encourages yourself. Well, and the truth of the matter is really, you should never suffer when you're giving a blessing. If you're
0: giving glory to God, it should never be a suffering to yourself. It should be a. It should be openly giving to God because of the need, or because of you know. it sometimes maybe it's just a want, maybe it is just a want. You know what? I just want to. Uh, I want to bless this person. Maybe they're already blessed. You know, there's nothing wrong with blessing a rich man. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Now, most people don't think about that. If you think about it, I guess you're kind of doing that on Christmas, some of us, but or some people are. Uh, some of us can't do that, don't really have the money to bless a rich man, because you have to have a lot of money to bless him. But there's nothing wrong with blessing someone at whatever stage of life that they are in. The Bible pretty much tells us, don't pay attention to a man because of how much money he has. Uh, you know, you should not elevate a man just because he's rich, but I think... The same might go the other way. The converse of that is you shouldn't elevate someone only because they're poor either. Because if someone is rich and they deserve elevation, then I think you should do that as well. God wants us to treat each other with love. That's the bottom line. He wants us to show that we love each other. Above all, according to Peter, love each other. Well, this has about all the time that we have for today's program. Thank you so much for joining this week as we study about the last days and Peter's take on the last days through the inspiration of God and so remember that even as Peter is speaking this is inspired by God and he is telling us this from the word and the word is Jesus Christ until next time I pray you receive his gospel power today my life was flying by I always wondered why I was so empty deep within Came to me and let my spirit see, and you forgave me of my sin. denied, refuse you to abide, I ran with all my heart and soul, but faithful you would be, your love you show.